welcome to another episode of Raven Conversations. I'm Joe C. Mandel, State Public Affairs Officer for the Washington National Guard. And today I'm joined by Warrant Officer 1, Catherine Trujillo. Uh, she's a warrant officer, an aviation warrant officer, and she's going to tell you about kind of her journey on becoming a warrant officer, um, becoming an aviation warrant officer, and then how you, uh, other guardsmen, could uh, potentially become a warrant officer. Uh, I'll give it up to you there, uh, Chief. So yes, I am Warrant Officer 1, Catherine Trujillo. Um, the culture in aviation is a little bit different, so when somebody calls me by my entire name, I get a little bit, <laughs> a little bit shook because we call each other by our first names. So it's Cat. if you see me in passing, and if you feel uncomfortable with that, it's okay. You can call me Warrant Officer 1 Trujillo, or you can call me Ma'am. That's fine. But <laughs> in a nutshell, I am a Warrant Officer Aviator. I fly Blackhawks. I do not fly Chinooks, but I also fly Lakotas. We have a C-12, but I'm also not qualified on that, but uh, maybe in the future. Yeah. And, your, and your background's not aviation prior. No. So what was your background prior to becoming a warrant officer in aviation? Okay, let's go ahead and roll back. We're rolling back here. And in 2006, I came in as a logistics individual. I went through MEPS, I went through basic training, and I was logistics. Then I didn't feel so good about logistics, so I decided to try military police out. I did that for two years. I didn't feel good there. I felt like it wasn't a good fit. So then I went and became a public affairs officer. I made it to the rank of staff sergeant, and we had a little bit of a recession in Washington State around 2013-14. So I became an AGR, going back to logistics. <laughs> so it sounds like you've had a pretty mixed career to this point. Absolutely. Um, what led you to become a warrant officer, and especially an aviation warrant officer? So that goes back to a lifelong dream of wanting to fly and not feeling like I had the opportunity in the civilian side of the house. I'm also a mother of five. So along the way in life, I put my priorities around my family. After my child, my youngest child, Phoebe turned three years old, it was time to start thinking about what I wanted to do when I grew up. <laughs> and that was becoming an aviator. I was told I'm too old. I was told that I need to focus on my AGR career. If I gave that up, I'm going to be a hobo somewhere. But I said, no, I don't think so. I'm going to keep asking. And if I get a hard no, then I'll say that I tried because I can't not try and then have that regret later on in life. So you mentioned uh, too old and, and kind of in our conversation, it sounded like you kind of had to break down a lot of barriers. Can you kind of explain those barriers you had to break down to get to uh, an appointment to be a warrant officer? Yes, so initially as you were trying to become qualified as a warrant officer in general, you need to meet the qualifications of being an aviator. There's age requirement, there is requirements to be a US citizen, there is a medical requirement that you be physically ready there is a corrected vision for 2020 and many other things involved in that avenue. There is also the aviation flight instrument test. They want to see if you're having an aptitude in flight. That's the SIF test. You have mm -hmm. to get over 40 on the SIF test, which I did. So all of these hurdles, including behavioral health, because if you have any behavioral health history, you need to go through that hurdle. 
Finally, the age waiver. I was absolutely not qualifying when it came to the age because I was a 35-year-old person and the age cutoff is 32 max. So you want to be like 31 when you walk through the doors at Fort Rucker. That's what they want. I was nowhere near that. So I kept getting yeses. I went through a flight evaluation board and I was selected. They gave me the opportunity. I told them what I wanted and they asked me, can I be committed to them? And I said, yes. So they said yes back. Okay. So it sounded like there was a lot of different hurdles and then you get to flight school. Yes. And you're there as probably one of the oldest students in the, in the class. So how was flight school? And, and kind of talk about that. Flight school was fun. We started with ground school and they taught us about aerodynamics. After we were given tests and trusted by saying, yes, we understand how this magic helicopter works, they were giving us the opportunity to fly in a Lakota. I got my first solo flight in a Lakota with my buddy Olivia, who I went through the entirety of flight school with, being continuity all the way through with the same person, like a battle buddy, but we call it stick buddies. Mm -hmm. So you go through ground school and then you start about month three, you're flying. There is a warrant officer basic course that you're gonna go through, part one and part two. One is on the beginning of the flight school phase and one is on the end. After you're done through your initial entry rotary wing training in the Lakota, you are given your classes for your advanced airframe, which mine was UH-60 Mike. So there I was flying a UH-60 Mike, much heavier <laughs> than a Lakota, uh, doing auto rotations and learning things that I would need to know if I were to go fly in Afghanistan or Iraq. So it was a, it was a beautiful experience. I got to meet people that I would have never met before, got to make relationship, like relationships and connections with people that I would have never been able to before. I came out of there with my commercial pilot's license that you can get stepping right off of post with your certificate from flight school. So it was an amazing once in a lifetime experience. And it sounds like you're now sharing kind of your history and mm -hmm. your broad history in the guard yes. um, and your story of how to become a warrant officer mm -hmm. and an aviation warrant officer with others. Yes. Um, next week, you guys are doing an event to kind of talk about what it is that, uh, you know, those steps you have to take. So what are some of those steps if you're just a traditional guardsman, never been in aviation, anything, right? You're a, an infantryman or an artilleryman or an intel soldier or, or a logistician. What do they need to know if they want to become aviation? So if they want to become aviation, they need to make sure that they have a look at their GT score. And that's always something that we can assist them in raising. That's some, some tests, some studying and getting a higher score. They need to take the selection for instrument flight training, the SIFT, before they, before they can submit a packet. They need to have the, I want to say the internal desire to fly. The process could be said to be arduous, but it's one hurdle at a time. And when you look back and realize how far you came, you feel really good about it. But it's not for the faint of heart, for sure. And the individuals that we want, we want them to want aviation as well, because it is, it is gonna be lifelong. We come back from flight school and 
the requirement to fly doesn't stop. So you continue to fly. You're allotted several hours a year to be able to fly. And they want you to be able to be as proficient as you can because that's, that's what we do. So <laughs> aviation, we fly. Right. So. so, I mean, so for myself, I, uh, when I first was commissioning, I was given the option, right? You could pick your branch. I ended up flipping a coin. It was Intel versus aviation, but I could have been an aviation officer. You may have saw me flying, but it was just the flip of the coin. I got Intel and then public affairs, which was great. And I, uh, I always love flying. I always love hanging out with the aviators and flying with you guys. And it's always a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, and I think every, everybody wants to, you know, jump in a helicopter for a ride, but I think flying it is a completely different thing. It sounds like, and, uh, one that's like, you're committed to that field and that is what you do. It's true. So. so we love we love helping out across the board. So our actual mission in aviation is to be there for the ground force commander. That literally means we work for everybody on the ground. Our motto is above the best. And it's not saying we're the best. We're literally above the best. <laughs> and that's drilled into us at flight school. And so we're working for this ground force commander. We're taking our 11 Bravos actual... We have our cab soldiers that we bring from point A to point B. As we're practicing our air assault mission, they're also practicing their insertion and extraction. So anybody can ask for an air mission request and get involved in aviation and have aviation involved with them, especially if they're going to be doing that at XCTC, NTC, or actually in country. So getting us involved with them and forming those partnerships is extremely vital and it's extremely rewarding we've got people calling us back drill after drill or in a non-standard drill time to come and assist them with an air mission request i'm doing one tomorrow i'm going to be flying teachers around it's going to be wonderful and i want that to be known throughout our our community in Washington Guard that anybody with a cat card, anybody that can be put on any kind of an order can come fly with us. Nice. You just get manifested. <laughs> One last, I mean, closing comments to that kid that's sitting there watching this video saying, oh, I don't think I could ever fly. What do you want to tell that kid? That's not even true. Okay, so you can fly. Don't ever tell yourself that you can't. Don't ever tell yourself that you're disqualified. I want to tell you about a buddy of mine named Andrew. He thought he was too old. Around the same time that I went through flight school. I'm 39 years old, and I graduated last year in September from flight school. Don't ever tell yourself that you can't. Other people are going to tell you that enough. Don't let yourself speak those words. And I can tell you that, yes, you can. There's always a way. No, it's good, good advice. If you're interested, uh, we can leave the information in the notes uh, for how to reach Kat. Um, and uh, if you like this kind of video, let us know. I mean, hit subscribe, uh, like or comment, and let us know if you're, if you're liking this kind of content. Thanks, and uh, we'll see you again next time.